Perpetual adolescence. <laughs> Perpetual adolescence. Adolescence. <laughs> the funny thing was, I had my eyes closed when I said that. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Do you want to just try to do it later? No, Luke. Luke, we're already we're here. doing this. Here, All let's right. do it. Here we go. Right. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I forgot to do the thing. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number six of Catching Boxes, a podcast brought to you by Leia Vandalus. My name is Gomer, and I'm here with my pal Luke, who doesn't have a last name due to litigiousness of our society. Luke, how are you? Tired. Tired. So why are you sleepy? Why are you so tired? <laughs> because it's six thirty, which shouldn't be like I should be up and at them by now. At who? But I. Up and at them. Up and at them. <laughs> Up and at them. There it is. Another Simpsons quote. Uh, yeah, I, it's five five twenty six right now. I woke up at four forty eight because uh, Jesus loves me. This I know, and uh, I wanted to have this podcast with you um, because I love you, and because the last time we recorded this podcast, we went on so many tangents that we robbed our dear listeners of rock solid life changing content. So we are literally re recording the same episode or well, the same topic. I doubt we'll even talk about anything that we talked about before because it was so bad, but literally I listened to it and I said, this could possibly have repercussions for my personal life. <laughs> Let's delete this. Hmm. Do I need to feed my kids? Yes, but is this funny? Yes. <laughs> hmm. So do I care? It was a real crisis of conscience. I mean, feeding my kids versus releasing something that I thought was funny. That was very difficult. Um, but also, I want to give a quick shout out. I found out yesterday at a, a parish um, fundraising dinner thingy um, that we actually have a listener. We have a, a, a verified non-family member who's listening to this show. We did it. Yes. High five. Garth. Garth, God bless you for listening. Uh, you are uh, you are a beautiful man. Uh, I love you. I'm in love with you. Uh, did I just alienate you? Probably, probably. But I'm willing to take that. Okay. Anywho, I like that his name's Garth. I know, right? Garth. <laughs> I shouldn't say his last name. Shit. I'll edit that. <laughs> I don't know what to do in podcast land. <laughs> we um. Did you see that we got into a fun Twitter exchange that that like it was not it, it actually was fun uh, with Catholic Match? No, what happened? What? So uh, I heard about some podcast called uh, My Best Friend the Rhino, and me being me, I'm like, oh, this is, like again, two dudes, white guys, our age. Talking about the faith, and I was like, ah, "Okay," and I'm not saying that. I'm sure it's a really good podcast, and they seem like really great, great guys. But in my mind, I'm like, "We thought of this first because <laughs> we, we've talked about this on and off for a couple of. Like, we've vaguely discussed this for a while, right? What do you oh, say? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And so. I, I remember saying to you, Luke, when this whole thing blows over, me and you should get an apartment together. And then you said, you mean do a podcast? And I said, uh, yes. And then we and then we said, isn't 2011 a great year? And then nothing happened for a while after that. <laughs> and then 2015 rolled around and we started to feel the, 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 the longing of mediocrity. And so this is it. Um, and so anyway, so I just went and saw and the, they got a, 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 a oh no 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 wait I, I, I don't know how I found it but 
they had like a little bump from Catholic match. Oh, I think I was on another Twitter account that I it's a joke account that I have that I follow <laughs> Catholic match on to kind of be a jerk about some things. But it's really funny and some people seem to enjoy it. Thank you for the nice people at Catholic match. I don't think that they're bad. I just like to make jokes sometimes. You just like to make fun of people's loneliness. They're just <laughs> looking for love in the Catholic church online. Okay, I'll admit I was I, I did go on Catholic Match at one point in time, and I met I dated three girls off of that actually. So it didn't really work out for me. Two of the three were a little bit interesting. Um, Tell me, about one the was third really one. nice. All I, I want to know no, is about the third one. Two of the three were interesting. The third one, well, no, she was really nice. I just kind of broke her heart. Um, oh, is one, this that one that you? Oh dear, yes. Luke. Can I tell the story really quick? Luke. No, we shouldn't do the story because we have a we have an implicit contract with our listeners that when we wake up at five o'clock in the morning, <clears throat> we have to be on the ball. Let us not forget episode six in reality, which is now gonna be hidden from the world because of comments like, Hey, do you think I should tell a story? Or be going, hey, here's the thing that has nothing to do with what we are talking about. Let me take five minutes to explain it to you. We literally had an argument over Apple TV, which wasn't released during the Apple keynote, for 11 minutes. <laughs> I was so mad at what you were saying because I was like, you are so wrong. Um. Anyways, we got into a fun exchange with Catholic Match. They were trying to uh, promote a podcast, and I was like, what about ours? And so they did. I was like, can't wait for that Catholic match bump. And I mean, th- th- they were an incredible sport about it. And we actually end- ended up losing two Twitter followers, but we gained two more. So I think it evens out. Who did we lose? I th- I'm not sure. I went through and looked, which is ridiculous that I did that. No, Luke, does it Luke, 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 your love of being uh, every time you've done social media marketing you've cost us dearly let us not forget the incident at the subreddit where you got into a cussing match with someone <laughs> i think I, I think i'm i'm gonna change the twitter password on you so you can't tweet from the official at cf foxes cf podcast at i don't C- even know this is why you don't matter at c foxes <laughs> podcast everyone please find us on twitter at c foxes podcast i know because the thing is i have these great ideas and then <laughs> i'll just act and then i don't think about it which brings us to our topic of perpetual adolescence yes that is our topic of today thinking acting without thinking perpetual adolescence why uh <laughs> i think this is a great topic for us in particular uh why did you think where did you come up with this? Um, I think because it's, I don't know. I read a lot of Twitter stuff. There's always things about millennials on there and blah, blah, blah. And are we really, and our culture. And yeah, and you know, I think just because of the fact that, um, you know, we both work in fields where we're involved with high school teams and and stuff from time to time. And uh, it's just a thing that you hear that you hear that you, you hear about and i think it's worth talking about i'm trying to not use words so frequently like the word about or or a boot for all of our canadian friends for those who are in america's top hat canada 
I actually said that during my uh, <clears throat> fundraising talk last night. I said, I'm a national speaker. Actually, I'm international. I've been to Canada, America's top hat. And I got a lot of laughs. Got a lot of laughs. Of course, I was. you know, the Texans are racist. We're not racist. Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> I can't argue that. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, uh, yeah. So uh, perpetual, uh, perpetual adolescence, which means uh, <clears throat> I think for me, um, elements of this is like I still feel in my brain sometimes that I'm 20 years old. You know, like I'm I'm a, I'm a grown ass man. I'm 33 years old. This is my Jesus year. Um, just turned 33. I love life. I got a wife. I have a, my fourth kid is on the way, and yet, and yet, uh, and yet, uh, I still find that uh, during my lunch break, I sneak away to the youth room, and instead of eating lunch, I play uh, Mario Kart Eight on the Wii U in the youth room for an hour straight. <laughs> is that perpetual adolescence, or is that just uh, entertainment? I think a lot of people would call it perpetual adolescence. I mean, well, I'm a lot of people need to shut their mouths. That's what a lot of people need to do. <laughs> a lot of people are wrong, also. <laughs> um, I mean, well, so okay, I'll be very honest. I mean, we live in a culture. I think that is a major problem. Uh, I remember I worked at a, a high school, and, I, and the first time I had to meet a lot of, of the parents. I mean, I've worked at a a couple high schools. This is just one of them. I was amazed at the amount of moms who were wearing clothes from American Eagle stores that were specifically that specifically target their kids or people, you know, 15 to 20 years younger than them. And I remember being like, what, what's, what's this? This is really odd and weird. And I don't know. I, I do think it's a problem, but I don't think it manifests itself in ways. A lot of people make it out to be, I think a lot of baby boomers find people. So we were both millennials. We're on the latter end of that. I think it starts in like 81, right? I have no clue. I have no clue. The whole See, thing, I, the whole generation thing is a, is a weirdness to me. I, I think it's very interesting because I think there's some truth to it in terms of. Oh, yeah. No, I got you. I mean, huge cultural, cultural events and all that good stuff. After all, this mm -hmm. podcast is about the intersection of culture and faith for young adults. I think, I right? We used, to, we used to say that in, our, in my intro. I used to say that. And I don't know what happened to that. But um, one of the things that uh, – talking about perpetual adolescence, um, wh why do we have a culture where moms dress up like their teenage daughters or borrow their teenage daughter's clothes? Or, sadly enough, their teenage daughters borrow their mom's clothes, uh, <laughs> their mom jeans. Um, why, why do we – I would love to see all these high school girls wearing mom jeans. No, I wouldn't. That sounded inappropriate. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Here, hold on a second. Really, really, really quick. Um, I Go you. on. I hate you. So much editing. Um, you have to edit. No, that was your own fault for that one part there. I'm still keeping that in. Are you kidding me? This is gold. Um, uh, but no, I think one of the things that we study in becoming a youth minister is you study the evolution of youth culture. So, like, uh, in the 1900s, just taking a snapshot of like 100 years or 115 years, in the 1900s, there was no real thing called youth culture. It was childhood and adulthood, but it was an adult culture that dominated the United States. And uh, as children, you grew up underneath or within the adult culture, right? So you have an expectation that when you're 14 years old, you are working a full-time job. 
right? You, whether you're working on the farm, whether you're working in a factory, whether you're working around town, you are doing things that are earning income, positive income for your family. Uh, you are expected as a 13, 14-year-old in American history in the 1900s that you are expected to, like, to be a man, to be a woman at that time. Um, and then when we fast forward, um, and it's because of technology, how technology encounters media that we end up um, – or encounters art that changes culture. So for instance, um, you have something like the widespread use of radio and uh, phonographs that enabled music. Hitler's on the march. Um, anyhow, but we have this, we, so you have all these p- kids and, and adults being able to listen to radio programming and all that stuff. And they're able to consume entertainment in a way that was never possible before. Like our one listener listens to radio dramas from back in the day. That it was like a, a big thing. You know, people would gather around their radio and then they gathered around their TV. But the, the big shift came when youth culture, um, a largely in part of World War II, you have FDR uh, passing all these like, um, all this legislation, like 16 years old, you had to be in high school until you were 16. And the main reason was he wanted to remove from the workplace uh, teenage labor so that men during the Great Depression could get more jobs. People who are heads of household could get jobs. And so by passing all this stuff, like you have to be, uh, you know, until you're 16 years old in high school, um, it created, that began in the 1930s, a culture of youth because they were like, well, I don't have to be an adult. I'm not allowed to be an adult, but I'm not a kid. And this is the time of my life where I, you know, typically, you know, my dad, he had a full-time job. He was a farmer. He was a this, he was a that. And so that began that high school youth culture that has only grown and grown and grown until now that what we consider, you know, what in the 1930s, the attitude of a 16-year-old is now like a 30-year-old because we've extended adolescence until college. Yeah, I think. You're darn right, yeah. Yes, sir. That is a one phrase I want to stop doing because when I was hearing the lost episode, it was like, I think, and like, you know, that's what I'm trying to not do that as much. Anyways. Thanks for your ongoing commentary on what we're doing. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, a lot of people just go, oh, millennials are immature. That's why we have a perpetual adolescence and i think they fail to see that there's a much bigger picture and that part of this stuff starts with our grandparents our great-grandparents you know it's times of, of the 30s and the 40s and things like that if you look at the economy after of the second world war it provided a lot of people the opportunity to um, live a life of leisure that really we hadn't experienced before as a country i mean we had we've I don't want to make this all about history and and politics, but that was a relatively stable time economically. Would you agree? Yeah. Relatively. Yeah. And so you've got you've basically got a huge workforce and tons of things that needed to be made. So a lot of people got these great manufacturing jobs, blah, blah, blah. That's when you see a rise increase in people out in the out in the suburbs and things like that where where their kids they have the time and by law they like with with what you talked about earlier they um had to go uh, they they had and they could stay in school and because really i mean high schools 
adolescents. I mean, I don't, I don't think they even started to call them teenagers until the 1950s. Uh, the term right? teenager, teenster was another one. Um, those started to be thrown around the 1930s, late 1930s. Oh, okay. That's where they that's 30s. where they coined. Isn't that weird to think about that? Coining the term teenager because they didn't have teenagers. You had adults. You didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, it's fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah, no, it's still a relatively new thing. And anyways, we're at a, I really think part of the economic, part of what happened in 2008 has a lot to do with it. And I think part of it also has to do with the fact with how a lot of us were raised. Um, our parents were really the, one of the first generations to, from the time that they were born up until right now, they have been, they grew up in, in a world that is consumed with pop culture and uh, with media and, th- and things like that. We're the first generation to grow up where there's tons of access to that instantaneously. I think that does play a factor, you know, um, I could read a book or I can scroll through Netflix and see like hundreds of films at the drop of a hat. Like that's got to have some sort of effect. Yeah. So when we, when we look at all this stuff, uh, the, you see um, in the 1960s with the evolution of rock and roll with the beginnings of rock and roll, which was a type of, uh, it was a type of music that was hostile to adult culture. So beforehand, with the rise of you know truancy laws and all that stuff, you have youth culture emerging, the adolescent, the teenster emerging within adult culture as like the subculture. But then in the 1960s and 70s, you witness the youth culture becoming its own thing and breaking away from adult culture. And that's a big deal. Like, I mean, I, I, I wasn't raised in the 60s. I don't know this stuff. But my parents would tell me, like, people used to say, don't trust anyone over 30, right? So that, like, don't even trust them. <laughs> that was like a, yeah, I know, I'm 33. I'm one of them. I'm not an us. I'm them. <laughs> but, I'm the man. Oh, man. And you really are. You really mm-hmm. are. I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. You're a mighty good man. Um, but uh, so when that have that that hostility and that break that has never been repaired, what ends up happening is when consumer culture takes over that, the youth culture actually has supplanted adult culture. Whereas adults still have the money and the power, um, they very much serve trends dictated by popular youth culture. So that we are the dominant culture is youth culture now. It's not adult culture. It's not the adult world. Um, and I think that, I mean, the constant consumption of entertainment, I mean, you think about it 150 years ago, if you wanted to hear music, you had to either play it or go see it. Mm-hmm. And now we don't, we have, I move my hand 11 inches to my iPhone and I can play, I have instant access to 30 million songs of my favorite songs. Um, you know, we have content, like you were saying, like we have access to Netflix and, uh, Amazon Prime and Hulu Plus and all of these other online streaming services where at any moment, like I have Apple TV, at any moment I can go and watch the latest movie. I got to pay for it, which is crap. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, that does change you. That does change you when you have constant, always on access and we don't have to wait for our dial-up modems. Uh, yeah, I'm cueing the sound in my head right now of a dial-up modem. Welcome uh, to America Online. You've got mail. 
ASL. ASL. Why so, do you keep saying that? Because I think it's so funny. What is ASL? Oh, every please. You know ASL. What ASL Age, sex, location. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> listen. Everyone our age in the in the back of their head, they know exactly what that is. They're just too afraid to, to go out and say it. Kids, oh. for a brief period in the '90s, we were all trying to chat with people of of the opposite sex on this thing called the internet. <laughs> on these things called internet chat rooms, and you would you know, go there, you... and I would go to the America Online uh, Catholic chat room where we would all have a nice discussion uh, getting screamed at by fundamentalists about how we were all going to burn in hell for our Mary worship. And uh, every so often you'd find a pretty girl. Well, I mean, I assume was a pretty girl. <laughs> <laughs> a pretty girl or a confused boy or a grown man. Oh, God. <laughs> like, why would people think it's a good idea? Hey, you know what teenagers need? Fuller and uh, sketch your access to everything and everyone. Well, I'll tell you why. This this is part of the perpetual adolescence thing. When you're when you are an adolescent, the people you relate to the least are older people, right? So mm-hmm. youth culture constantly seeks a way to uh, to connect what we call the world beneath. It constantly seeks a way to connect to other teenagers without the supervision of adults. Always. The internet, you know, was an uber nerd platform, but once it hit mainstream culture, and I don't even mean getting popular, I mean like 1996, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you immediately had the emergence of things like um, of chat rooms and uh, AOL Instant Messenger, and that is a way for teenagers. I mean, that that desire to be unsupervised, to engage in unsupervised conversation, is constant. I remember listening to this guy Marco Arment, who's uh, uh, in a Apple developer, and he's made a bunch of like awesome apps. He's helped write the front end of Tumblr and all that stuff. But he, um, so he's rich. Uh, he uh, <laughs> talked about how important it was to, as a teenager, to hide from his parents. And I remember him saying all this stuff, and I'm like, no, no, you want to be with your parents. But this is what this is what ends up happening in our culture, right? Is there is a hostility that is set up, and a lot of it is also psychological, like. Young kids becoming adults break away from their adult role model, their parents, in order to form their own identity. They call it second individuation in psychology. And as you begin, you, you can create hostility. It doesn't mean that you have to be hostile, but a lot of the way it's expressed in America, especially, <laughs> is a lot of hostility between the teenager and the parent, you know? But, um, but th- this, this complete unsupervised, unengaged, that's the problem is it's disengaged. It's not just that it's not a helicopter parent. It's a disengagement on the part of adult culture, or you could say it's the running away from adult culture by the teenager. And that America Online, man, I remember I used to go on that all the, my mom had no clue that this stuff existed at all, at all, mm-hmm. at all, at all. What do you do online all day? Why do we need to buy... 10 hours of America online. I'm like, because I got chatting to do. Right? <laughs> you used to have to buy internet access by the hour. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can remember it being a big deal when we got a free 20 hours. Do you remember those AOL discs that, that just, every blockbuster you'd get an AOL disc and it wouldn't mm-hmm. uninstall? 
and Windows 3.1 would crash. Anywho, so uh, I'm, I'm doing the thing again. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, thinking about adolescence, what makes an adolescent an adolescent and what makes a grown-ass man become an adolescent or remain one is, uh, number one, the the I think the confusion between needs versus wants. You know, when you're a little kid, I need it, I need it, I need it. And we say the word I need because we're really disguising the fact that we really just want something. We don't need it and we all know it. Yeah. Um, but when you're an adult and you haven't been able to, <clears throat> you still purchase things impulsively that might hurt you, right? Like that might cause a check to get bounced or, um, you know, you, you're hopefully keeping your income slightly ahead of your stupidity. I think that, that that's a huge sign. The confusion of needs versus wants, the lack of acknowledgement. I have a, a story where me and my wife, we, we read this book called Seven. Uh, by this woman named Jen Hatmaker, very convicting. She's an evangelical pastor's wife, and they are walking the road of like simplicity and even poverty for the sake of serving Christ poor. And they used to be like mega church pastors and stuff. Anywho, and she talks about this. Uh, me and my wife, we read her book, and it's all about like getting rid of excess in your life. And then my wife proceeds. So we like I own one pair of jeans. Um, and my wife owns two fancy jeans, which apparently are a thing. And then like house jeans that she wears to run to the grocery store or whatever. Um, so I, she goes over and visits a friend and her friend is full. It was jean day for laundry and her friend is folding pair of jeans after pair of jeans after pair of jeans, pair of jeans, pair of jeans. And she's like, I just have nothing to wear. And (laughs) Shannon just looked at the pile. It was like 15 different pairs of blue jeans. And she's like. Oh, this is literally what we're talking about. Like we we have we've we've consumed our way into uh, discontent, which is the weirdest thing because you should consume to make yourself content. That's why I eat food. One of the reasons <laughs> to make yourself content. But we confuse needs versus wants, and so we run after all this stupid stuff, uh, thinking that'll make us happier, more fulfilled. And when we're not fulfilled, we play. We engage in nothing but entertainment. Right? Yeah. It's just, and yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. People point towards the consumption and they say that is wrong. That is messed up. Why yeah. are you st- why are you doing this? Like why is Jurassic World, you know, the number one film of all time, which is annoying cuz it's not. If you if you adjust for inflation, it's nowhere near any of the top films. Right. But Chris Pratt Oh, so I love Chris. So Aaron went and she, she might be mad at me that I'm saying this, but I don't really care because uh, it's because it's funny. Um, she went and saw. So we went and saw a Jurassic World when she was out here. And then she went back to Denver and I called her and asked her what she was doing. She goes, well, I think I'm going to go watch a Jurassic World again. And I was like. You are going to see Chris Pratt again, aren't you? And she just stops and goes, he's so dreamy. <laughs> and then i was like that's because we had a conversation where we said chris pratt is like an in-shape version of me <sighs> anywho that was um, the conversation you had with your fiance where she said that chris pratt is an in-shape version of you no i brought that up because i feel like when i see heavier chris pratt i'm like huh, i don't look like that but <laughs> then when I see me in shape and I see Chris Pratt in shape, I'm like, oh, huh, huh, huh. I get in shape once every 10 years. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I, I would never in a million years say, wow, Luke, <laughs> you, you remind me of Chris Pratt. That's not offensive. Yes, it is. Continue. <laughs> Perpetual adolescence. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so are you saying that she was being an adolescent by uh, 
No, no, no. I'm just Go, saying that, like... Going back to Pratt? <laughs> the critics who, who point towards a, a perpetual adolescence with, with, within our culture will use a, a film like Jurassic World, The Avengers, yada, 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 as an example. Or to me, it just is what it is. That's yeah. It's just pop culture entertainment. That has been around for ever. Every older generation always thinks the younger generation is worse. Every generation, like there's a, a famous quote from Socrates. Oh, crap, I'm going to have to find it. Um, there's a famous quote from Socrates where he's <laughs> bitching and moaning about um, Socrates' quote on the younger generation. Boom. Uh, where he's complaining about how um, how just stupid the kids are. Like here, here's the... Oh, this is just a little one, but children now love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect for elders and love chatter in place of exercise. Well, that's true. I... <laughs> yes, that's exactly what we're doing right now. Some people are out running, starting their day, getting getting a good workout in. Us, mm -mm. Mm -mm. we're getting mm -mm. fussy. Mm -hmm. They no longer rise when elders enter the room. They contradict their parents, chatter before company, gobble up dainties at the table, cross their legs, and tyrannize their teachers. Well, oh, poor Socrates. It, I think, though, a, a lot of people, when they point towards issues, especially with a millennials in the workplace, things like that, they do have a point. I mean, I... And I can see myself in that where I'm like, do I have to be on time? Do I have, why do I have to get up this early? I, mean, I don't want to adult. Please tell me I don't have to adult today. The other day, I remember thinking, if I could just start my day at 10 o'clock, I'd be so happy. Just work from like 10 to 8, I'd be so happy with that. Why am I up at 7 o'clock? This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Legitimately being angry about that. <laughs> um, but I think it comes from, I mean, with in my own life, I found that when I have an attitude of what can I consume as opposed to what can I give, a lot of it comes from an attitude of people are afraid to ask what can I give as opposed to what we just want to, what can I take? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, the the notion of uh, – so I, I did a men's session at a Zoomville conference, and I always struggle over this because men's sessions are difficult for me because I'm such a manly man. That is very difficult for me to relate to all these puny people. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Um, sports ball. Um, I literally use like three sports ball jokes in the first five minutes. But uh, I, I, so I do this men's session. The thing that always bothers me is like a lot of times when you do a Christian men's session, it's like uh, sometimes it's like conservative ideology, you know? And it's sometimes. Like, yeah, all the time. But, um, but, you know, like women and men are different, but. I feel, I feel it's like women and men are different, but not so much that we may seem, and in a lot of ways, like totally different, right? But you don't want to, every time you use generalization, like a man is this, a man does that, a lot of times you're kind of like, well, don't women do that too? Aren't women like that? Can't you think of examples of women that are still very much women and yet they do these things? So those and things, I'm sorry, you know, the, the things that always I always struggle with, and so really when I walked out there to give the talk, I thought of uh, just sitting there focusing on like, you know what it means to be an adult? Because <laughs> really, I feel like a lot of men's sessions is like, come on, just freaking grow up. Quit looking at porn and just grow up. And yeah. uh, so one of the things that I let off was uh, children, uh, children are entitled, 
but adults know how to sacrifice for other people. And being a man means knowing that it's your job to sacrifice for other people and to love that. I think I think a lot of adolescents can sacrifice, but it's still that begrudging stage. Like, I guess I'll do it. Sure. But the adult part where you start claiming responsibility and all that stuff, the dreaded R word that defines adulthood, responsibility, uh, is that part where you where you can do it and you see the benefit of it. I don't know about mm-hmm. joyfully, because joyfully... It's 5.57 in the morning. I'm not very joyful right now. But I'm still doing it because I think the world needs to hear our voices. Nay, must hear our voices. No, and you know, I, I once heard responsibility. Uh, this was, I think, Josh McCallan over at Franciscan when we were in Austria. We did like a little men's thing. And he explained it as the ability to respond to the task at hand or something like that. And that really convicted of my heart still haven't gotten to a point where I feel like I'm where I should be, but I don't, I'm sorry. It's so early. (laughs) It is so early. Listen, I can barely even think right now, but the, so I know that everyone listening to this is so excited. I wish there was a way that I could speed up our audio recording like 1.5. So it sounds like we're much, we're engaged in a lively discussion rather than dragging our eyes uh, or our brains along. You but like, um, You know what's wrong with the kids these days? They just don't care. Yeah. They just don't care. They just don't care. You know what? I'm done. Um, but the, the reality uh, for me I, I can I pick uh, several moments in my life where I went from that childish thinking into an adult worldview. Even though I had my big boy job, uh, I, I was always like right on time or late for meetings uh, because I work at a job, you know, back when I did youth ministry, where you might work 10 hours that day uh, and you have to work until 10 o'clock at night. So you don't want to go in, you, like, you know this, you don't want to go in until noon so you, you can just work it all in one thing. And and probably because you're up till two o'clock in the morning playing Halo, listening to podcasts and drinking beer with your friends. I never did that, but uh, or rock band. Do you remember when we went through a phase where we just played lots and lots of rock band? Yes, yes, I remember that. Like, I remember that like it was yesterday, and I look with fondness on it because I'm an adolescent. Um, God bless our mid twenties. Go on. Yeah, but the uh, the one of the stories that helped change my life, like I'm always arriving like right when a meeting starts, but if there was anything that went wrong, I'd be late for everything, right? So if there was traffic, I'm late, you know, and I remember blaming, you know, oh, traffic, oh, traffic. And I, my friends did the same thing, and uh, until one day I was listening to this talk, and I heard this guy talk about responsibility and whatever, and he said the day that changed for him was he was always running late for meetings, and I was like, oh, hey, like me. And he said he's speeding and he's flying down the road and there's a traffic jam. Guy's making a left-hand turn. He's in the middle of the lane, but it's just traffic. And he honks the horn and yells, hurry up, I'm late. And the guy rolls down his window, puts his head out, and he says, then leave earlier. And honestly, that little story, it's so stupid, but that little story meant a lot to me because I realized like, oh, I'm in control of this situation. I, If I have a 10 o'clock meeting, I don't have to get to the meeting at 10 o'clock. I should probably arrive maybe at like 9.30. So if there's traffic, <laughs> I can still get to the meeting on time. You know, like as long as the world is absolutely perfect, that's the only way that I'm on time for things. That that's, a, that's one of the many signs of a lack of responsibility. But I had a friend who he would do something wrong and he would get called on it. And he everyone else was at fault. 
I think that's another element of perpetual adolescence. Like we don't want to take ownership of our mistakes, but if you don't take ownership of, of your mistakes, you can never fix them, right? So you have a bunch of people walking around who are like, it's not my fault, it's not my fault. You know, it was her, it was him, it was this, it was that, it was the schedule, it was the report, it was this, you know, and you blame, it. it's the economy, it's all this stuff. And we blame all these other things instead of taking ownership for our own faults. And I think that probably is one of the biggest, the constant consumption of entertainment and the demand to always be entertained coupled with this notion of uh, blame and a lack of responsibility. I think that that together it defines a perpetual adolescent, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the Catholic Church's teachings on things like technology, entertainment, yada, 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 they, that stuff is inherently good. It, it's, they, it's, it is viewed as a gift from God. It's in its application where things go, you know, you, you can use your power for good or you can use your power of, uh, for ill. With great power comes great responsibility, RIP, Uncle Ben. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for tying it back to comic books. Well, I was doing more of the Marvel films. I still don't think that Toby Maguire is the best Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Well, so one of the issues when I was studying up about youth culture, one of the things that you discover is uh, there's a lot of, like, uh, so I read a curmudgeon newspaper piece about youth culture. It was nothing but bemoaning young people. And because it was from a ultra traditionalist Catholic publication, but someone's like, my dad gets this and he sends it to me. So I thought this might help you with your topic. So I read it and it was actually pretty good. But one of the things that it said was there was a study done where they tracked people who played video games and they said the average age was eight years old. And then they did a follow-up study years later and they found out that the average age, get this, is 18 years old. So we have a bunch of 18 year old, you know, men and women playing video games like, like eight year olds used to do. And then I looked at the study and the study was done 10 years later. So it's the same kids. (laughs) Like this Mm -hmm. is the thing that drove me nuts. It's the same kids. They grew up on the entertainment of playing video games and that is a form of entertainment for them. I don't think we can blame. Why is it that passively watching a movie is better and is, is deemed more valuable than engaging in a video game where you are the movie, where you create the movie as you go along. I, I, I just think, I think that the video games will go the way of television and movies. It'll become just another accepted form it already is for young people. It's getting mm-hmm. that way for older people. I mean, the video game Destiny had a $500 million budget. Yep. Like, I'll it, take that one step further and say if you look at sports, I mean, what is the point of watching sports? You're not playing the I don't game. know the answer to that, Luke. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I mean, I, don't I love that. sports. I watch it all the time. I dress up for sports. Um I go to up. bars and watch games play that I have no real involvement with yet. I feel like it's I'm I'm intensely involved with this uh, somehow, and I get really annoyed when people who are real into sports who who listen to a lot of sports radio or podcasts complain about like how the kids all of these days act. I'm like they're just like there is no difference between playing playing a video game for hours on end and watching an NFL game, which can be a three-hour-plus ex- experience. At least the kid who's playing the video game is having to use his brain 
I mean, I use my brain a lot when I play Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, it is so good. It is so good. But the uh, I'm more of a Zelda guy myself. Yeah, and what Zelda game do you love? Ocarina, Ocarina of, time, of Time, which what came out when you were an adolescent. I love how we, Ocarina of Time, which we you played when you were a young high schooler or maybe a junior high person, and then we went and got it again when we were in college and played it. Oh my gosh, when I got a Wii, <laughs> that sounds odd. Uh, when I got a Nintendo Wii, like 2008 ish, the only game I played there were actually two games I played: Super Mario Bros. Three and Zelda. And I was amazed when I played Super Mario Bros. 3. I could almost close my eyes and just I had all this muscle memory. I could basically beat the entire first world purely on muscle memory. I would love it if you closed your eyes and played it. And we recorded you doing that. <laughs> I did and I realized no one was watching. Oh. <laughs> uh. Story of our lives. No one's watching. No one's listening. Um, you know, there was a great line when you talk about sports um, and the fanaticism of, of, of culture around it. The uh, This one guy, uh, Rick Warren, pastor at Saddleback Church in California, says uh, football, watching football is uh, you see 22 people in desperate need of rest being watched by 22,000 fans who are in desperate need of working out. <laughs> desperate <laughs> so, need of exercise, yeah. We both agree that this is a problem. And I think it manifests. I think we've, we've talked about how it manifests itself in ways that isn't always obvious. Yeah. How do we fix it? Well, number one, you have to realize the quote from Abraham Lincoln: "You cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today." Luke, when's the best time to plant an oak tree? Yesterday, twenty-five years ago. When's the second best time? Mm. Today. So if you are a perpetual, it's seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we are planting oak trees, you son of a. Bitch. Um, whoa. Um, if you look at our uh, <laughs> getting out of perpetual adolescence, I think needs to be the thing. But uh, there is elements of I don't know. This this is the thing that bothers me because I totally I have this uh, two minds when it comes to video games. Like I'm using that as a, I love my Xbox 360. But I every time I play it, I always have this twinge of shame like, what are you really doing? Come on. You're just being goofy. And yet, I never have that feeling. I mean, like, when I watch a movie, you know, maybe when I watch 15 movies but or binge watch something on Netflix, yeah, like, get off your butt, you lazy bum. But when, why is it that there are certain types of things that when we consume them, we we are acting like an adolescent and other type because I mean, video games were originally pitched to kids, but like I said, destiny had a $500 million budget and made that money up in the first 20, 48 hours worth of sales. Right. So it had a bigger budget than Jurassic world. And yet, <laughs> you know, like we have these, these things, these are blockbusters that are a part of our culture now, but uh, my Xbox 360 is sitting in my closet because I just don't have time. You know, is that is is that is my busyness what makes me an adult? What pulls me out of adolescence? Is it the you know I'm too busy for stupid things like that? I'm too busy. You know what I mean? Like I listen to mm -hmm. a podcast with this guy who loves his wife, loves his kids, works really hard, has a podcast, has a couple podcasts where he makes a lot of income, secondary income from these podcasts, and he's a video game player, you know? And then the other guy's like, nah, I don't get into that kid stuff. And he's like, why is it kid stuff? These video games I play are very, you know, and it's not like he plays it and he's being irresponsible. 
You know, it's not like, instead of mowing the lawn, he's playing a video game. So when do we draw the difficulty for me in this conversation is drawing the line between like, when is it awesome? When is it fun? When is it great? When is it just good entertainment or fine entertainment or acceptable uh, entertainment? And then when is it like I'm being a man child? And I, f I don't know. I feel like that's more of like an uh, number one, like taking responsibility for the people that you have. Like I'm not ignoring my wife and kids. I'm not ignoring my job responsibilities. When I'm on my lunch break for half an hour, that's my time to go grab some food. Or if I choose to abstain from food to play Mario Kart. Am I being crazy? Like, I don't know. No, no. Really annoyed when people just don't worry. Just like take care of your own self. Take care of your own stuff. Stop screaming at the world. This is why I'm so done with Fox News and all this other bullshit. Just because they care way more about making other people feel terrible or trying to prove how horrible other people are than just than just trying to be a good person. And if you are trying to grow in love of God, if you're trying to just be the best person that, that you can be, grow in virtue, blah, 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 blah. Those things are going to work itself out. If you want to grow in chastity, grow in prudence. Or if you want to grow in what, you know, like it all one feeds into uh, the other one. And so it's just my, I guess my thing is like, what, like, what does that exactly look like? It looks different for each person, but there are some things that are at, well, there are some uh, foundational things that look the same, having good habits, having an attitude of wanting to, wanting to give more than you consume things of, you know, blah, 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 blah. But that looks different with, with, you know, each person. When I was out after having my gallbladder, you know, snip, snip, gone, <laughs> I watched like a bunch of movies, but I couldn't do anything else. It was too hard. Uh, it was too hard to read. I would fall asleep for like, you know, periods of 20 minutes at a time. So I would just have a movie on. Then once I, once I found myself starting at a drift, I would, then I would pause it. Then I would be out for like an hour. Does that mean that I'm a perpetual adolescent? Because that because after I had surgery, I just watched a bunch of movies. Yes. I don't think so. Yes, yes, it does. Yeah, you know what? Also, to be that I watched the film A Casino, not as good as I remember. No. I used to love that movie. Yeah, I did not love that movie. I really did. I don't know what happened. I, I used to love that film, not that good. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, one sign of perpetual adolescence is I just said I think is uh, like the adult living at home. Right, the adults. I don't know if I agree with that. Right, uh, I lived at home, but it was literally oh, in in anyway. sending me to going back to grad school. I stockpiled cash. I went my parents, and I had six months before I left, so couldn't really do an apartment lease, and it'd be kind of stupid for me to do it by myself. So I was like, well, my parents live by my church, so I talked with them, and they're like, yeah, come live with us, come stay with us. You still got to contribute like an adult to the house, but uh, which I didn't play video games all day. Just kidding, but uh, I I lived at home with my parents literally just to save money for six months so that I could pay in cash for college, uh, for graduate school. So in one sense, I think uh, you know, there's be oh, if you move home, it's a defeat. I don't think it's always a defeat. I don't think it's you know, we talk about the love of family, and yet we uh, humiliate people who live at home. When it's for decent reasons, but the problem is, like, if you're an adult who lives at home to a certain extent, that's great. But if you're a perpetual adolescent who is in their 30s who lives at home, there's a huge problem with that. If you, I mean, I knew, I knew plenty of people. I know plenty of people who 
refuse to get jobs or work on purpose, you know, these, you know, like entry level positions because they just want to be at home and hang out and they probably smoke weed all day, all day. But I, th- I think, and it destroys their self-respect. I don't, yeah. Perpetual yeah, adolescents no. don't have any self-respect. I agree. I agree. And and I, f- I feel like that's probably the cause of their like lashing out and irresponsibility. If they don't have self-respect then, and they don't want to admit it, whenever they do something wrong, they just want to blame other people. You know, it's the world. It's this. It's that. Everything's against me. And it's like, yeah, but you can't escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. You have to take ownership of this stuff. Perpetual adolescence. Yeah. That, I mean, if, when we talk about adolescence, what is the characterization? Well, you still live under the rule of your parents. So you still have someone else that is taking care of you, that is feeding you, that is clothing you, that is doing all that stuff. And if you don't, um, if you don't step up and do that stuff, then of course you're going to lose your respect. Kids just live for today. They're impulsive. They, they have wants. They don't even understand needs. And so as an adult, I think a lot of it is about sacrificing those wants in order to secure those needs, but also to build for tomorrow. Adults have that tomorrow perspective. I mean, I have a friend who was a drug addict for years, 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 years. And one of the ways that you knew that they were a perpetual adolescent, adolescent is that they never owned a checking account. They worked as a waiter, got cash in hand at the end of the night, half went to drugs, and the other half went to rent or whatever it was. And they were very functional in terms of being able to maintain their rent and not getting kicked out and stuff like that. But at the same time, they didn't take ownership of their lives. They didn't take ownership of tomorrow. They didn't plan anything. Adults devise a plan. And these people... Um, who are perpetual adolescents, they demand it, they, they, <laughs> they expect or they're entitled to things. Uh, being an adult, taking responsibility means you lose that entitlement attitude, you know, where it's like, I want it, so give it to me. Well, why should I give it to you? Because I want it, you know? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> you earn it, you know? Um, a lot of that, a lot of that foresight, long-term planning, that is what makes a person an adult. Like, I work two jobs. I have my full-time job, and then I travel about two to three times a month. I also write and do some other stuff, but that makes me no money. Um, And I do a podcast with my friend, Luke, who shall not be named. Uh, I do all this stuff because I need to provide for my family. That's an adult thing to do. But I talk to you. That's adolescent. But... Is it adolescent though? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think, do you think we've exhausted it? We have about five minutes left. I think I've exhausted me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, speaking of a perpetual adolescent, let's just do a quick roundup of what we're watching, what's good, what's, what's bad. I was on a Tarantino kick last night. That was pretty cool. Apparently, you inglorious bastard. I love that movie. I don't. I, I don't, don't like. I don't like Tarantino at all. Uh, you got like, yeah. I think he's genius. See, everyone says that, and I watch his movies, and I'm like, this is stupid. Why do people like the, the way people act in the movies that he makes are stupid? Yeah, th- that's the point. It's all completely over the top and, and insane. I mean, Brad Pitt is intentionally acting somewhat poorly in the film yeah see i don't think that's smart i think i i i think that's dumb why you know when i watch um kill bill and it's like all these over the top everything's over the top i'm like this is you're literally stupefying this movie like no it's meant to be the best b movie that you've ever watched yeah and i think that's stupid all of his no i think it's great i think that's stupid that annoys the shit out of me and that's why tarantino will never be allowed in my house for thanksgiving dinner <laughs> No, 
No, Tarantino. No. <laughs> no turkey for you. No gravy. No. I got to go to Put bed. Put that back. Put that back. <laughs> go over there in the corner with Scorsese. No. Uh, <laughs> see, I, I think it's, I just think it's so, it's a world that's so much fun to be in. It's so interesting. Like all of the dialogue and just, Ugh. it's very mise-en-scene in a very interesting way. Ugh. Big fan of Tarantino. Ugh. Ugh. No, thank you. I'm Ugh. trying to think of what I'm watching lately. I'm not watching anything. All, all my, the funny thing is all my, the shows that I watch are all comic book television shows. <laughs> I watch Agents <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D., Arrow, and The Flash with my wife, and Blacklist. I, you're too busy being an adult. All I've got time for is comic book TV shows. Um, Beyonce as an Avenger. What do you think? Uh, if it's, it's probably a terrible idea. I mean, I, think, I think so too. I think and it's I a terrible idea because it's like, hey, you are very famous and we're going to throw you in our movies to get a different demographic or just to have a really gorgeous, famous person. Mm-hmm. She's not a good actor. Foxy, what was her name? From Austin She's Powers. good when she plays herself. Yeah, but she's playing an Avenger. She's not a superhero the last time I checked. Or <laughs> is she? <gasps> Bay. Um, we be to the rescue. <laughs> All the single ladies. So I, uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't, it depends on the character that, because they haven't announced what character she's going to play. So I really hope it doesn't happen. I, I which I feel. That's because you're racist. I know. I would. I, I, mean, I, I know. You just said I know. It's because no, you're no, I know. No, 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 no. Sorry. Uh, backtrack. 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 Um, I w- honestly would like to see more African American females in the, in the Avengers. I think that would be a, a good thing. Why does it have to be Beyonce? I, I don't know. I like. I think it'd be so. When we see Robert Downey Jr., we see Iron Man. We don't think I am watching a Robert Downey. Junior, if if yeah. it's a little bit more of the opposite, where it's harder to see him in anything else other than being Iron Man. Yeah, that's a good point. I, and I think that's true with all of those characters. You you see them as the characters first, and then you go, oh, because it's you know, Cap, it's Captain America who's done by Chris Evans. It's it's not like they blend in the role like a Daniel a Day Lewis type of individual, but it's still like it's the character first. Yeah, I don't think that, that can happen with Beyonce. Yeah, and that makes me worried because I don't know. I'm I'm really scared about what what's in what's what all the Marvel films are going to be like from here on out. Yeah, and you know what does you know what Marvel comic book movies need? George R R Martin. People need to die and stay dead. Yeah, who aren't yeah. just the villains. People need to die, not retire. Not Tony Stark driving off in his, uh, you know, self-driving Lamborghini after the end of Avengers 2. Spoiler. Uh, but you know that they're all going to live because they have subsequent follow-up movies that we know until 2020. Time out. Spoiler alert. Quicksilver is dead, though. Okay. Yeah, but people are even thinking that they're going to retcon him because he's a part of Infinity Wars. What do you mean by retcon? Uh, it's a comic book term where they kill a character and then another artist and, and writer take over five years later and they rewrite 
of the script. So it's like, well, actually, he didn't die. He was imprisoned oh, okay. in, uh, you know, and so they call it retconning, um, where you go back into the past and change it very ham-fistedly in order to get the character back that people like. Like with what, ha- what happened with Agent Coulson. Yes. What happened with Agent Coulson. He died on Avengers, and it was a great scene Absolutely. where he died. And then all of a sudden he has a show. <laughs> he's which, like, which and, sucks because I like Agents of Shield. I like I like that actor. I like that character. I like what's going on in Agents of Shield. I'm only on episode like three of a season two, but I still wish he kind of would have stayed dead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like everything about him is awesome. Yet his character should not exist. <laughs> like I love the guy, and I think he's great. But it's stuff like that. Like who you know? Uh, how many times has? Or not how many times, but um, what's his name? The um, Samuel L. Jackson's character, uh, Nick Fury. Fury. Uh, Captain America 2, shot. Dead. Oh, just kidding. Not at all. You yeah. know, all these people, there's actually a whole Cracked episode where on YouTube where they go like, Marvel Comics, death has to matter. So I think they need to kill people. And I think that's the only way. And they need to stay dead. And that's the only way. Uh, you know, the comic books, the funniest thing is Jean Grey, the woman who is... Uh, the telepath in X-Men, mm-hmm. telekinetic woman. What is her name? What is her superhero name? Why can't I think of it? Jean Grey. Anyway, we'll call her that. <laughs> yeah. I'll call you her know. street name. Uh, the Ginge. Yes, the Ginger. Uh, Phoenix. Uh, she has been like the most retconned superhero of all time. Or like she's like, they, literally in comic books now, It's like she's like, yeah, I've been dead so many times. And it's like this running joke, but I, I have died a lot, <laughs> and I and it is exhausting. Um, but that's kind of like the running joke with the whole thing. And so in the the, the movie, you can't take a movie seriously where the characters where it doesn't matter that they die or not. Like Loki, you think he's dead at the end of Thor two, um, where he jumps on mm-hmm. the grenade or whatever, or not jumps on the grenade, where he goes after the guy and gets stabbed or whatever. And then he doesn't. And then he's just like, ha ha, tricked you. You know, it's not because in the movie was the redemption of Loki. But Loki's such a loved character that they just let, let him live. George R.R. R. Martin knows that you have to let, you have to kill them and keep them dead for the sake of the story, not just for the sake of popularity. Although that's probably going to be reversed with the person named Jon Snow who was stabbed to death. Yeah, but that's probably a part of, well. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's totally a part of everything. Yeah, which which I'm okay. I'm 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 okay with that. But I do think that the MCU is at a really critical point. Marvel Comic Universe MCU. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Why did I say comic? I'm a big dumb animal. Yeah, you piece of shit. All right. So, <laughs> on that note, my <laughs> cursing is funny, kids. Cursing is funny, if I, especially when I put bleeps in there. <laughs> Perpetual adolescence, how do you get out of it? Uh, I think number one is taking responsibility. Pick something that you always, the moment you're getting yelled at by your boss, because if you're a perpetual adolescent, you will, uh, don't run away from it. Like, take ownership of it. Be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I did that. I did that. And you might not agree with everything, but you know somewhere deep down that they're probably right. Unless they're an asshole. Uh, But you absorb it, take it in, and then actually try to change something. You know, uh, next step is for fast from media or or abstain from the constant consumption of it. Pick times when you're going to listen to it. Pick times when you're going to indulge in it. And the times that you typically would play video games or something like that or watch movies or binge watch on Netflix, I would say uh, learn something. Learn something useful. Forward your career. Forward your relationships. 
I have a buddy who does a great thing. I actually probably he would not mind if uh, I told you guys what his Twitter handle is. He's real. He's big into like entrepreneurial stuff. It is at Dave Craig. He takes a a day each week where he it's, he calls it a monk day or something like that, where he doesn't use any electronics at all. He doesn't consume anything. He just tries to go out and just do stuff and just kind of retreats from all this stuff, which I think is a great idea. Yeah, that's awesome. Why? Uh, I don't understand how we have not been doing this. People do not know how to use electronics in an, in a, in, a, in society anymore. People's iPhones. It is disgusting the way people use iPhones today. Oh, I've I I feel like I feel like I'm doing drugs sometimes. I just like go on the Facebook. And I'm like, why? What? Like, what am I doing? Why? What's happening here? Yeah, it's awful. I mean, I think one thing. I think one of the things that you were hitting at. Sorry, I I kind of I'll cut you off and I'll stop. But like. It starts with you, and it ends with you. Yeah. And that's something for people who, like, all of us just need to care a lot more. We, we need to try to be the best versions of ourselves as opposed to just being like, blah, 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 and you, and blah, and all that stupid crap. Yeah. I mean, again, it's taking responsibility for yourself. Yeah. I think absolutely. it does. I think the, the answer to perpetual adolescence is it's your turn. To step up. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Quit making yeah. excuses. Quit blaming other people. And I'm not talking about like socially or in the job market or you're poor because you don't take responsibility and work hard or something like that. I'm just saying in your life, in your relationships, mm-hmm. accept responsibility for your actions and be accountable for your results. We're way more. And this is something that I still struggle with coming to terms with this, with this idea. We're way more in control than what we think we are. Of our of our day to day lives, yeah, way way more. So, Luke, right. you're the only one that can change you. And uh, I try, I try so hard, and I choke. Whatever happened to me, I don't know. Remember when I'm crazy? Hey, hey, do you remember the early two thousands? <laughs> I'm at AMD Gomer. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, wait, are you at AMD Gomer or at Lay Evangelist? Pick one. There could be only one. At, I, I don't know. I'm at both. Whatever. I'm at the Luke V. Uh, we're at C Fox's podcast. Thank you very much for all everyone everyone who is listening. We really appreciate it. This has been incredibly fun. We're gonna start doing this. Uh, ideally, will it'll be a release every Wednesday from here on out. Yeah. Right. Yes. And my wife just sent me a text message at 6.27 a.m., where art? Because uh, she just woke up and is wondering where the hell her husband is. I've been recording what? for one hour and 13 minutes a podcast. Do you remember what I used to call Shannon Rothgar? Yeah, I still do. I still Rothgar. do. Rothgar. I still do. Absolutely. All right, everyone. God bless you. God love you. Goodbye. See ya. See ya.